Oh, g'day, life has hoped this finds you well. Uh, this intended 10 or 12 minute talk went way longer than that uh, because I'm a chatty Cathy. Uh, as my teachers used to say at school, Craig has a tendency to be somewhat loquacious and verbose, uh, which I'm being right now. Anyway, so this is a first for life. This is a two part. So this is part one of And We Train Our Mind. Uh, enjoy. I want to talk to you today about a really tough to talk about, not tough emotionally, but just tough practically to talk about um, idea, and that is training our mind. You know that because you read the copy and you read the title, uh, which I also put in the subtitle or How to Herd Cats, which is probably analogous. That is, it's similar, trying to train your mind, it's uh, it's it's the for me it's been an ongoing process since I became aware of the fact that I could regulate my thoughts, that my thoughts and me were not the same, that I had thoughts, but I was not thoughts, that that there was the thing that was happening around me, and then there was my story about the thing, and I didn't know for a long time that there was any difference between, what was happening and what I thought was happening. They were, in fact, two separate constructs. Um, and also because I've, as you know, I've spent much of my life helping people change, um, helping people get in shape, helping people make teams, helping people lose weight, helping people overcome addictions, helping people build a different life or operating system, um, helping people build a brand, helping people navigate and negotiate complex situations or relationships, helping people deal with fear, and not only helping people in this space, but also doing it myself. Um, you know, I'm, as most of you know, I'm 59. I had uh, I last had a job when I was 26, 33 years ago, and so for 33 years, uh, I've been figuring out how to... <laughs> how to navigate the professional component of my life, how to build a brand, how to build a business, how to how to develop products and services, how to write a book, how to run workshops, how to be a radio host, how to do a bit of telly stuff for a while there, how to write books, how to write articles, how to be a podcaster, how to manage my genetics, how to manage my mind, how to manage my potential, how to optimize things, how to create opportunities rather than for them to come along, how to be the calm in the chaos, how to be uh, proactive, not reactive. And so much of this is tied into what is happening in that space between my ears. And so I just want to share with you my thoughts around this. In fact, I did a stupid thing before, and that is I Googled how to train your mind. Well, 16 million trillion matches later, I didn't I didn't do a deep I just looked and I went, well, and the funny thing is there's no three-step plan. Of course, there's no three-step plan. There's no set protocol. Doesn't matter who you're talking to, doesn't matter what they think they know or don't know. And I certainly don't, in inverted commas, know. I have some thoughts and ideas. And my thoughts and ideas are based on my own personal journey, trying to train my mind or to to optimize my cognitive, emotional, decision-making, self-management, self-regulation, and behavioral potential. And when I say 
you know, trying to manage me. I've been trying to manage me for a long time and I'm a handful. What I'm really saying is on a level I'm saying trying to manage my mind because my mind is it's me HQ and your mind is you HQ. It's the operations center for your life. It's the platform from where decisions are made, actions are taken, stories are told, situation, circumstance, environments are processed and analyzed and broken down. Data, inbound data is interpreted. And obviously we're thinking conscious and unconscious thinking happens constantly um, while we're awake anyway. And so I want to share my thoughts with you around this. This will not be super slick. This will not be, I've never done this podcast. I've never done any version of this in a presentation. Uh, And I'm not at all even inferring on any level that I'm great at this. But I think I have some thoughts and ideas, he says, I think, that will resonate with some of you. If it doesn't, come back tomorrow, completely understand. Um, and so for me, the challenge is has never been, you know, do you have good enough genetics? Not that I had great genetics or do you have any potential or, you know, is somebody helping you or or do you have enough resources? Because I had... And I think most of us have enough. We might not be blessed or super gifted, but most of us listening to this at the very least have enough resources, enough intelligence, enough genetic potential, enough time, um, enough courage sometimes, sometimes not, to be able to build a life, which is a good life to be in the middle of. I mean, and that's the ultimate, I think, when you think about personal development per se, when you think about personal development, what's the point? I mean, we could go at a thousand tangents, but ultimately everyone wants their life to be better. Like they want their life to be better. They want to produce, we want to produce better outcomes. We want to be connected. We want fulfillment. We want purpose. We want joy. We want to feel like we matter. We want to produce better outcomes. We want to be successful, whatever that means to us. So I realized long ago that the quality of my life was to a large degree dependent on the quality of my thinking. Quality of my life was slash is largely dependent on the quality of my thinking because when I make better decisions or when I think better, I think in a more positive. I'm not talking about in a delusional, unrealistic way. We still recognize problems. We acknowledge the shit with the good. We get that. But when I am in a more positive solution-focused headspace, right, then I tend to make better decisions. I tend to be more solution-focused and do better things. And when I make better decisions and I do better things, I tend to, one, uh, create better outcomes in my world, and two, I tend to be a person that people want to be around more because I am solution-focused. I'm problem-aware. I'm not pretending there are no problems. I don't pretend things are great when they're not. I acknowledge what is wrong. I acknowledge what is up. I acknowledge what is negative. I acknowledge what is uh, not working, but then the challenge 
for all of us is to go, all right, well, this wasn't what, what I planned or wanted. Now, how do I deal? Now, how do I react? So much of what we do in life is about how we react to the things that happened that we didn't want, that we didn't see coming, um, and that were beyond our control. And all of us have got friends and family that have been through shit that didn't know how fucking amazing they could be until the shit happened. My mum's one of those people, as most of you know, and a bunch of my friends have been through lots of things. And, and I always think, imagine imagine if I could tap into that greatness and that potential and that high performance and that incredible mindset and tenacity and passion before the shit hits the fan to be able to build a high-performance mindset, to be able to get my mind in the place where I am starting to optimize all of the things that I have to work with. You know, so for me, I've I've constantly I've constantly been putting myself for years, for decades, in situations where I'm uncomfortable, um, where I have to learn something new, where I have to develop a skill. My most recent thing, as you know, is going back to uni at the ripe old age of 56 to to do a PhD. And, you know, it's, it's, um, and I've been honest, it's not my natural habitat. I'm not great at it. I'm not great at PhDing. I'm okay. I'm learning. I'm better at it than I was. But I've also said that for the first three, six, maybe nine months of me doing my PhD, I was somewhere between terrified, uncomfortable, um, ineffective, inefficient, distracted a lot of the time. And that was because, one, I wasn't great at it. Two, probably my ego got in the way and I thought, fuck, what if I can't do this and what will people say? And all of those normal things. And three, because I was fearful, I guess, of just failing. And so while the the PhD itself is hard enough, you chuck all the Craig bullshit on top of the requirements of doing a PhD and it can become a catastrophe. And I realized early, and whether or not it was just me managing myself in the middle of that process or whether it was me managing my mind so that I could read a PhD paper or I could read an academic journal paper and concentrate for more than 60 seconds. Like, this is how well I couldn't manage my mind at the start three and a half years ago. I literally couldn't focus on reading uh, an academic paper and be completely present and engrossed and connected to what I was reading. I mean, I didn't time it, but I would think two minutes. I would think when I started, maybe 90 seconds. But typically, it was so short before all of a sudden I realized I'm looking at this paper and thinking about something else. I'm literally staring at this screen and I'm reading like I'm on a level, I'm reading something, but none of it is going in because I'm simultaneously reading something, sometimes out loud, but also thinking about training or dinner or breakfast or fucking anything. And it's taken me it's taken me years to get to the point where I can now sit and read a journal article, 30 or 40 page journal article front to back and be relatively present most of the time. And so it's a, you know, this managing our mind, it's not something that that we 
perfect and then we go, right, I'm there. It's a process. It's an ongoing journey. I'm still mastering my mind. There are things that that I don't need to work so hard on these days because I guess I have, because of the work I've done and the, the miles I've got on the old metaphoric clock, I guess there's a level of personal mastery there. And I don't mean mastery in, an, in that I'm the best. I just mean that I've kind of mastered my mind in that sense. Training is one of those. Food is another one of those. But even then, you know, it's still not perfect. And, but for a very long time, and some of you might realize that food is not your problem. It's your your choices and your mind and your stories around food. Food is just the focus or the centerpiece of the problem. Because you don't accidentally eat junk food, you choose junk food. Well, that's a mind problem with a physical consequence. You know, when when people say to me they have food issues, which is very understandable, and they do on a level, they do have food issues. Um, what they really have is they have decision-making issues around food and thinking issues around food and excuse-making around food. These are all byproducts of the mind. All right, team, I'm going to pull the pin um, momentarily on this conversation. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow with uh, part two. See you then.